We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Tommy Thompson. Tommy is an accomplished entrepreneur, executive coach, and passionate teacher whose heart is to impact people for good and for God. After more than 30 years of owning and leading a wide variety of companies, Tommy is now an active blogger, executive coach, and consultant, while also leading a mentoring ministry at his church. Tommy, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me, Lori. I am excited for this conversation. I know that uh, relationships are something that you definitely take pride in. Um, so let's dive in a little bit, but let's talk about something that I know you talk and write a lot about, which is margin. Can you tell us a little bit about what you mean by margin and why it's important? Sure. Um, this has kind of become a cornerstone of almost how I, the lens that I look at all of life through these days and and really for the last 30 years and came out of a time in my life when I was completely overloaded, running four businesses, volunteering at church on about five different angles, raising a family. And I was completely exhausted and overloaded and came across a book by Richard Swenson called Margin. And it, it began to just change my life. and. He defines margin as the the gap between our load and our limits. And my whole mind frame in life had been we always, you know, run all the way to our capacity or or over our capacity. And I never realized until I read that book that life is better when we have margin, just like a, a margin in a book. You would never consider taking the words all the way to the very edge of the page. It would make it terrible reading if you did that. So margin became the way I looked at relationships. It became the way I looked at business, became the way I framed my faith, um, all different areas of life. So in all of these areas, margin, creating some space where we can breathe uh, becomes a critical way of looking at life. And I think it can even impact organizations and even the concept of networking. Well, let's talk about that a little bit. So how does the presence or absence of margin affect relationships? Well, this is probably one of the biggest areas that it impacts. And all we have to do is to kind of think of how we act and when we're exhausted when we're completely overloaded, when we're stressed out, the first uh, victim of us operating that way is our relationships, most particularly our close relationships. We're usually terrible with our spouse when we're overloaded and stressed out. And so beginning to create margin in the various places and spheres of our life 
the first benefit of it is our relationships begin to breathe and we begin to have better relationships at home with our spouse, with our children, with our best friends. And then it even uh, leaks into our relationships at work. When we become better people and everybody benefits from it. So relationships are kind of a key place and also a key victim of the fact that our culture just operates in absolute high speed with no margin, overloaded, and thinking that's the best way of operating. And, and our relationships are suffering because of that. Oh, I, I can... I can say that I uh, under a hundred percent understand that personally. <laughs> um, it is move as fast as you can and cram as much in as you possibly can. Isn't it? It is. And we actually have, have become convinced that that's the way we're supposed to operate and that it's the only way of operating. And so, you know, one of the things that I've done now having lived by some of these principles for 30 years is I've come out with my own book, Space to Breathe Again, which is going to be coming out in October. And it's just this whole idea of, you know, I'm, I'm tired of always being out of breath, tired of trying to catch my breath, tired of, of being overloaded. So how can we begin to live a life where we have that sense of relaxed, taking a deep breath? And one of the big beneficiaries is not only our own sense of peace and happiness, but the relationships that matter the most to us. So what difference does creating space make in organizations? Well, this is important. You know, I, I don't think creating space is just so that we can have, a, can have a nice, easy life. I think part of the reason for this is so that we can be purposeful and more effective in the things that we do. And so I coach and consult with some, you know, decent size operations, as well as having run, you know, a half dozen companies over 30 years. And what I've found is as I create space in my own life margin, that I reflect better, I plan better, the organizations run more smoothly than if we are always in this hyper productivity mode that that feels good. It feels, you know, important, you know, on the surface, but it's not the way organizations run the best. So taking the extra time to create a good strategic plan, taking the extra time to plan uh, a marketing campaign, those things are things that have gone by the wayside because we think we're supposed to move fast. So I've learned that uh, helping organizations and the leaders of organizations live uh, a more spacious life actually improves the performance of those organizations. Hmm. You had said something um, early on about like that, the satisfaction, you know, at moving fast, you feel a sense of accomplishment immediately. And I just, and I, I this definitely resonates with me hundred percent. This is why I'm just asking this question is, um, I do thrive off of that constant demand. <laughs> Does that change when you've established space? It changes, but not immediately. I mean, the, the problem one of the reasons I think that so many people operate 
with no margin and over capacity is because it feeds their ego and it feeds their identity. Mm-hmm. And so it takes a little while to let go of some of that and to, to actually operate with a different paradigm and to say, you know, it's okay for me to not always look like I'm busy. It's okay even for me as a, a CEO or as a leader to be reading a book during working hours. That's not a bad thing to do. Or to be sitting quietly in my office planning where the company's going to go. But our insecurities get in the way. And so it takes a while to push against that and to begin to create a little bit of a different culture in our companies that doesn't always reward this artificial sense of busyness. Yeah, wow, that definitely makes sense. Um, it takes Not time. Easy. No, no, I can, but I can see it. And you know, I'm thinking um, 2020 and COVID has kind of created space, um, unplanned space. <laughs> and, but I personally, I've learned that I do appreciate some of those pauses that I wasn't allowing myself to have before, but it was forced upon me. So, well, it's a great example for so many people. Those pauses started off to be very uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Some people probably have not ever allowed it to go beyond that. But a few people have started off with it being uncomfortable and now say, wow, I'm actually getting more done or certainly more important things done and enjoying myself along the way. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, Tommy, this show is really about networking, which we've covered a little bit on the relationships. And I really am fascinated with this concept of margin um, and space. But let's talk about um, networking from the sense of alleviating someone's fears when they hear this word networking. So can you share with our listeners one of your favorite networking experiences that you've had? Sure. And I may not be kind of your typical guest on this because uh, I, can, I can put on a persona of being an extrovert, but at core, I'm an introvert. And initiating is something that's uncomfortable to me. So over the years of being in business, I've had to figure out how can I do this networking thing, which I completely believe in and know is critical, but do it in a way that works with who I am personally. So For me, interestingly enough, uh, I've used writing, which I like doing both by blogging and writing a book and in a variety of ways as a networking tool. And, you know, one of my early kind of successes was taking the uncomfortable step of taking the blog that I write and starting to post it on LinkedIn Um, Instagram, some of those, thinking in essence that I'm just putting it out into thin air and nobody's paying any attention to it. But after about a a month or two of that, I had someone reach out to me that I knew distantly and say, wow, I'm kind of interested in some of the things that you're writing about. Could we get together and talk about how you might be able to help my company, uh, both coaching, consulting, And that connection has created, you know, two of the most meaningful 
engagements that I have both in terms of executive coaching and consulting for two you know, significantly growing companies. And it's not your typical way of doing networking, but for an introvert that hates to uh, reach out and initiate, doing that type of networking is consistent with me. And I found that it still creates that kind of net benefit that we look for in networking. Yeah, I think there's a lot of truth that you're speaking there. And I love that you are consistently providing value in alignment with what your core beliefs are. But um, by publishing this, you're attracting the type of people that you want to be connecting with. And it's right. happening organically. Absolutely, because my my uh, persona just kind of uh, bristles when I think I'm selling myself. Mm-hmm. But if I'm providing benefit, if I'm if I'm helping people with learning things that I'm learning about, then I'm able to reframe it in a in a very honest way, but in a way that still does create that networking benefit. Totally. So, how do you nurture your network? Well, I, I guess I would answer that two ways. Uh, the first is I find that uh, I can nurture my network if I'm honest about genuinely caring about the people that I'm reaching out to. Mm-hmm. If, if I'm dealing with the internal tension of thinking that I'm really only doing this to create sales or to create coaching engagements or consulting uh, engagements, then that's going to come through. But if I choose to kind of approach my networking from the perspective of genuinely caring about people, then all of a sudden everything starts to come through naturally. And that is where it also helps me to say, I'm going to be able to nurture my community by writing and by sharing things that I'm learning, whether it's book reviews or different things that I'm learning in my blogging. So it all kind of comes through in a consistent way, in a consistent way with my personality and my values. And that helps my community. That's awesome. That's great. I love that. Again, consistently providing value will and being a resource is is nurturing it is and i you know age has helped me get comfortable with who i am rather than doing things the way that uh, the world and the culture has told me which is you're supposed to just reach out and pound and you got to stay consistent and and you know be always in that hyper mode and i've had to kind of grow to be comfortable with being who I am and yet at the same time pushing myself to be out there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm I, like you, I'm not a fan of the aggressive sales tactics. I'm, I'm a believer in giving and providing value. And then those that have earned um, have, you've earned their trust and they're ready to move forward with you, then, then that'll, it'll happen. Well, I mean, I think that's obvious just even the, in the name of the podcast, social mm-hmm. capital, you're, you're trying to uh, offer something of value to people, not use people. And Correct. that, that just doesn't work. Certainly not in for the long haul. What advice would you offer the business professional who's looking to grow their network? 
Uh, I think for me, and maybe again, I'm kind of coloring all of this uh, from my introverted personality. It's is to network according to your personality and according to your values. You know, if you can begin to build a a framework for net, for networking that is comfortable for you, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, whether you're really funny or whether you're really serious, and you can be authentic to who you are and create a framework around that, then I think networking works for virtually anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's extremely important to be genuine and authentic to yourself um, and not try to be something that you're not. Um, I don't know if that makes sense. The, the double negative, Sarah, <laughs> yeah. don't, don't be something that you're not. <laughs> yeah. Um, Unfortunately, but, it does make sense. Because yeah. <laughs> that's what we're all kind of uh, almost taught to do is follow the formula. Yeah. But, you know, taking the path less followed is probably going to reap better rewards. I, I, I think it will. It and it will certainly make it more enjoyable along the way. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of important because there, you know, there's more to life than just trying to create success. Totally. So, Tommy, let's go back to your 20 year old self. What would you tell yourself to do more of, less of, or differently with regards to your professional career? Uh, yeah, you know what I would, uh, I, I, it's a great question. I, I love thinking about that. Um, I think what I would tell myself is to uh, discipline my networking. Um, I think for too many years, I took the easy path of saying I'm an introvert, I, I'm not good at networking, and I kind of pawned it off and didn't do this. And um, interestingly, my my son taught me something about this. He's an introvert too. And when he was uh, just entering college, I told him kind of, uh, as we were just sitting around talking one night, I said, Chris, if you, if you could just make the practice, the discipline, when you go back to college of networking with one of your professors one time each week, it would change your path. Little did I know is that he would take me seriously. And he went back to school and he began meeting with his professors. And the benefits to him were huge in terms of the networking that he did and the connections and where that led him to in terms of some of his past. But I didn't take that advice myself when I was 20 years old. I took the easy path. So I would have loved to have told myself, look, I know this isn't comfortable, but set up one lunch a week with someone you want to get together with. And that would have, boy, that would have uh, catapulted me in ways that um, took a lot longer. Oh, man, I wish I had that advice when I was 20 years old. (laughs) (laughs) I was just surprised he took it. (laughs) I I think that's fantastic. I mean, like you said, it literally catapulted his performance professional career. I I have no doubt about that. That's amazing. Mm. So we've all, oh, I'm sorry, what? Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we've all heard of the six degrees of separation. Who would be the one person that you'd love to connect with? And do you think you can do it within the sixth degree? Well, uh, again, it's such a good question because I had to think about that, both who it 
is that I would want to connect to. And as soon as I did that, I realized it's probably only a couple degrees off in terms of separation. So one of my favorite communicators uh, that I know of in business or in any venue is Andy Stanley, who is uh, the pastor of North Point Community Church, but he's also this amazing leadership guru. He has this, you know, several massive podcasts, um, and he's just a phenomenal communicator. And I've lo- loved listening to listening to him and reading his books and learning from him. And I realized, kind of by your question on this, that he's only a couple steps away from my getting to meet him and getting to probably getting to know him a little bit. Um, so he's a you know pastor out of Atlanta and I have some connections in, in Atlanta that you know, are connected with his church. And so um, probably not too far down the road. So what's stopping you from moving forward and making the contact? Um, I'm shy. But now you pushed my button, so now I'm, I don't have any excuses anymore. So, um, you know, that's probably a good thing that's going to come out of this for me is I'll, I'll, I'll push that at end. Good. Well, please report back and let us know how that conversation goes. I, I will. Uh, that's been very helpful for me. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something you'd like to ask me? Uh what got you started on this? Why are you, you know, what's your passion that caused you to go forward with creating this podcast? That's a great question. Um, so I'm, I am a big advocate of networking. And when I started my business in 2008, um, I was probably, a f- I would say about four years into networking professionally. Um, like you, I wasn't really educated in, in college to build those relationships. It was more something that happened after college. Um, and I realized when I started my business that that was how I was going to grow it. And consistently time over time, again, when I, when I audit where new opportunities come from, you know, 60, 70% of the time it's from my established network or referral, you know, within my network. Um, and as a adjunct professor at the local university, I really started trying to preach how important building relationships is to um, the students that I had. And then I found that, you know, as a professor, just one person telling them one thing doesn't go very far, but um the podcast was a means to have thought leadership, advocate for networking, um, and also a way to build my network and meet new people um, and a way to, you know, potentially get some new business as well. So there's a couple of different angles, but I love the topic of networking. Um, and as you mentioned, the, the name of the show, Social Capital, I did a lot of research on, you know, what do you call a podcast about networking? <laughs> um but it's something that uh, I, I do have a lot of passion around building relationships and being a resource for others. Well, I, I can appreciate that so much. And as one who struggles with this and has had to struggle with it so often, the, the barrier is, well, but how? How do I go about doing this? And then to be able to kind of multi-purpose it and bring on people and build your network at the same time. And, 
you know, spread the message. I, I think that's fantastic. Mm, thank you very much. Lots of good interviews, fantastic stories, and uh, amazing tips and resources have been shared over the years. I hope you keep up with a lot of those. <laughs> I, you know, it, it's what I, I think I shared with you before the show. I think your episode number 254 or something like that. <laughs> so <laughs> I just, wow. I'm realizing I, I'm not really doing a good job of remembering everyone that's been on my show. So um, I'll, I'll have to pay a little bit closer attention to that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you that that's, that's a lot of people that you brought on. So if you keep, keep in touch with just a good chunk of those, that's pretty impressive. Totally. All right, Tommy, do you have any final word or advice off our listeners with regards to growing and supporting your network? Uh, I would just really encourage people to, take a few minutes away from kind of the busyness and think about the ways they might go about networking that uh, are in sync with who they are. Uh, I'm just a strong believer in that we do far too little reflecting. And because of that, we end up with shallow answers. And I don't, as you know and feel networking is too important for shallow answers. Mm -hmm. So I think taking a little time to step back and say, how do I really want to do this in a way that's consistent and authentic with me is a worthwhile use of a few minutes. That's great. I like that. I think it is really good to reflect and appreciate what we do have, but also know where we're, what we're trying to achieve. Make exactly. sure we're, we're, we're doing the right things that are helping us to achieve our goals at the end of the day. Yeah. That reflecting is, is almost all benefit, no downside. hundred mm-hmm. percent. So Tommy, if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you, what's the best way that they can reach you? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm networking through social media, so they can certainly email me at tommythompson.org. And I have a website with a lot of resources and the book and different things that I offer at the website, tommythompson.org. Um, they can also reach me on Instagram at, at author Tommy Thompson or Twitter at Tommy P. Thompson. Fantastic. We will include all that information in the show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks. It's great talking with you. Thanks for having me so much. Absolutely. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Tommy for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on networking and building your community, just join our Facebook group. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash social capital network. If you need me, send an email to Lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.